Welcome to Montucky Skies. I'm Biggs. I'm Brandon. And I'm Andrea. So Andrea's sitting in with us. Uh, this is going to be a fun podcast. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> and uh, just, I'm, I'm going to remind you guys again at the end of the show, but Andrea has a show on Friday at Jester's. Do you want to throw it out there really quick? Or? Oh yeah, sure. Cinco de Mayo. Um, our band Star Cocoon is going to be headlining the show. And I think we're pretty danceable, so... Yeah, you should come come have a good time with us. Yeah, it's going to be a really good time. So um, I'm going to be there for sure. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> One of the my rare appearances at the J-Bar. That'll be two weeks in a row. Dang. Wow. No, I happened to, to get there at the zombie prom, which Brandon and I did not expect. Uh, we walked in, and uh, oddly enough, there was like a bunch of people that looked like zombies, and we were sort of like, what the hell? And then Brandon's like, zombie prom? And I was like... Oh yeah, that makes sense. That makes total sense. So, uh, so it was a really good time had by all. But anyway, we're gonna start with a little bit of news here. So, uh, anybody happen to see Logan? <laughs> I I did not. D- didn't get a chance. Did not get a chance. Um, I do actually. I have seen all of the other Wolverine movies that have come out. Oh yeah. <clears throat> um, but did have not seen this one yet. So. Well. It was. It felt like a Miramax movie in the '90s, is what I've been telling people. Like it was really well done, but they were taking on these black and white stills, and they were teasing that they might do a black and white version. And so apparently, it is going to play on the 16th at the Alamo Draft Houses, but only at the Alamo <laughs> Draft Houses. And then it's going to be released on Blu-ray a little bit later, and they're going to put that version onto the Blu-ray. So. I think that that's going to be pretty sweet. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah, yeah, me yeah. too. I And I haven't seen it yet, but I sort of feel like uh, it might be the preferred way to watch it. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm a fan of black and white when it's done well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Judging by the still there, it looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It seems like he sort of knows his depth and everything. And apparently he did uh, film it with black and white in mind. So I know another movie that they did in black and white that they wound up just like colorizing was uh, they did a version of, uh, hold on, dogs, chill out. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we got a dog fight or something going on behind us. But uh, are you going to break into Bob and Doug McKenzie? Yeah. (laughs) Take off, hosehead. (laughs) They fly around my living room. I'm going to be very pissed off. But um uh the mist have you guys ever seen the mist the stephen uh, king joint yes that one of the most depressing movies ever made who's in it who's in it it's uh thomas jane and uh i don't know the lady from the walking dead who plays andrea oh. i don't remember her name no but, i don't yeah yeah it's uh well it ends super depressing that's all i'll say about <laughs> it it's worth watching but uh you have to be in a certain kind of mood and it's definitely like pretty melancholy towards the end there but uh 
Yeah, I just I heard that it was supposed to be in black and white, and then the studio sort of demanded it was in color, but mm-hmm. like the color didn't look so great. And then I saw it in black and white, and I'm like, oh, they filmed it like a monster, like a '50s monster oh, yeah. movie kind of. Nice. So uh, that made sense. But I th- I'm hoping they were they had both things in mind when they were <laughs> filming Logan because it looked great in color. I yeah. do like those Stephen King joints. Yeah. Do you have a particular <laughs> favorite Stephen King movie or? Oh, um, or just one that you like off the top of your yeah, head? Well, what comes to mind, and I can't even think of it, it was that one about the house that like consumes people. Uh, Rose something. Oh, maybe. Rose Matter? Maybe. I think. <laughs> no, I'm terrible. I'm terrible at this game. I didn't actually see the movie or read the books. So. <laughs> yeah, it's one that I haven't seen either. Okay. I think it aired on late night television in the 90s, and that's the only reason I saw it. Oh, fair but enough. <laughs> it was I, a good one. I, I think the Shawshank Redemption was, was my personal favorite. That movie was so good. It gets way too much credit. Really? No, I'm kidding. No, oh, it's okay. super Well, no, I was going to say, this show's all about fights sometimes. <laughs> it's funny, though, because actually Shawshank Redemption got brought up on Bob's Burgers earlier. Oh, yeah? What <laughs> were they saying? It. Uh, it was just like the lady that guards in school suspension was like, I'm like the guard in Shawshank Redemption. No one gets past me. Who wants to be like <laughs> the guard in the Shawshank Redemption? I mean, Clancy... Clancy Brown, Brown is like uh, he's cool and everything, but really, like it's the role model that you're going for. Yeah, she was a real piece of work. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on a little bit. So I just want to talk, and I'm not going to talk too much about it. I'm going to let the show play out a little bit. But uh, I watched American Gods on Stars. That show is like super weird and really enjoyable, and I highly recommend it. It has a lot of weird imagery. Um, not quite to the level that the show Legion does that I was talking about a couple weeks ago, but like this show is it's like next level crazy. Here, I'll put did, up a Did still you here. read the books? Or no, the book, I, I mean, have you read the books? <clears throat> um, Actually, that is the... Did I read that book? I think that might be the only Neil Gaiman book I haven't read. Okay. Oh, so... (laughs) (laughs) I'm like 0 for 3 here. Or 0 for 4 or whatever. (laughs) Oh, no, it's all good. I was was telling my wife, I was like, look, I've read a little bit of Neil Gaiman, not a lot, but like, I was like, this is going to be real weird. Like, I just know, like, anything Neil Gaiman's going to be weird. Right. But I was like, I think it's going to be good. It has some good people attached to it. So Is, is that one he wrote with Terry Pratchett, too? Or? I, I really don't know. I saw Neil Gaiman's name all over. But I didn't okay. see Der- Terry Pratchett. Okay, no. But... I, they did Good Omens together. Okay. And I think they teamed up on a few different things. I wasn't sure if that was one of them, so... Yeah, I didn't see it, but I'll look for it. Like it's possible, but I I feel like that name would have sort of stuck out to me yeah. if I saw it. Uh, my mom bought me one of his books, and I haven't read it yet. <laughs> I'm a little embarrassed <laughs> about it, but haven't gotten around to. It. Have you read any Terry Pratchett? Is, am I oh. saying the name right? <laughs> yeah, Either. Terry Pratchett. Well, I've read Good Omens, which okay. is you know one that they teamed up on. Um, I know he's a beloved author. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> You read any of it, Brandon? None. None. Okay. Well, American Gods. (laughs) 
It's got Ian McShane, and I don't know the actor's name, and he's not in the first episode, but on the, the next on, they have the dude who plays the Swede in Fargo and the Russian in the Big Lebowski, or not Russian, the... Um, the Nihilist? The Nihilist in uh, Big Lebowski. So I'm looking forward to this. I, I think he's going to be interesting, but it's basically like there's all these like gods that just seem to like to screw with humans. And I guess they start every episode with like, it's either a flashback or a story of a flashback. So you don't know like how much of it's real or not, but they start out by showing these Vikings and I'll sort of leave it off at this. Cause this is like interesting, but they show these Vikings and they go to, to America for the first time and they land on uh, like, on the shore and they get out and it's kind of nighttime and this guy steps forward and all of a sudden there is literally 300 arrows that all come out at once and just stick into him and he falls over like a porcupine <laughs> and they realize that like the gods have like like there's a god on there who doesn't want him on the island so they're trying to get out and they can't find the wind to get out you know what? now that you mentioned it, i think i did read that book oh really <clears throat> like way back in I must have been 17 when I read it. Yeah. But now, now that you're meant, like saying these things, it's kind of coming back a little bit. I will say they, uh, something I read said that HBO had been trying to um, uh, figure it out since 2010, and they gave up about two years ago. And then Stars jumped on it, and they actually developed it, which I think might be why Ian McShane's attached, because he's in Deadwood. And uh, so I think that's why they got him for that. But it's super crazy. So they're like, okay... Like, they have to get off. They know they got to get off of America. So they're trying to get wind to, like, sail off. And there's no wind all of a sudden. So they all, like, they heat up a poker and just poke each other all in the right eye. And, like, take out their eye for, like, a sacrifice. And it doesn't (laughs) work. So then they wind up killing one of them. It doesn't work. And they realize that they're worshiping. Like, they're asking the god of war for help. So they get in this giant battle. And uh, there's this part where, like, this dude, like, cuts off an arm. And it's – so it, it's got the black bars on the screen. And you see this arm, like, kind of float up with the sword. And it goes out of the frame, like, into the black and then lands and cuts somebody's head off. And there's just, like, this crazy <laughs> amount of, like, fake, like, total cgi blood. Good times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's like it's uh it's pretty crazy like uh stylized violence for sure and somehow they finally wind up getting enough wind to get off the island but that's just like the opening scene and then they cut to modern times and uh it's real interesting like I don't know where it's going or what the point is yet but there seems to be like new gods and old gods and I think they might be doing war with each other but it's not totally clear yet uh-huh. and uh, I really like it does any of this ring a bell to you Andrea you know it's like very very vaguely so I shouldn't I shouldn't even claim any knowledge whatsoever <laughs> I hate that when you read something you just can't remember. Right, yeah. Like you know you've seen it, but you're just like you can only remember it as you see it or hear about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's one of those. It was uh, definitely more than ten years ago. More, uh, we're talking close to fifteen at this point. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, speaking of more than 10 years ago, one of my favorite movies is Silence of the Lambs, which is pretty messed up, I'll admit. But uh, Jonathan Demme, the director of Silence of the Lambs and a couple of films, uh, he passed, uh, I think, on Wednesday morning. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's a real bummer, dude. So, like, the, the three that really stuck out to me when I was looking at his IMDb, like, he did Silence of the Lambs, obviously, uh, Facebook Live watchers can sort of see the still there working with uh anthony hopkins but he also did philadelphia which netted tom hanks his first oscar i think yeah I that think. was a good yeah. one yeah that was a real uh, groundbreaking piece i think yeah i think that was i read something and i so this is one of those ones that uh you were just saying like you don't really remember but it sounds familiar like i saw philadelphia when it first came out on video and then haven't seen it since so i remember thinking like oh wow this is really good like they're actually like painting gay people like not in a terrible light Mm -hmm. but i haven't seen it since then so i can't even imagine how bad it is right it's probably way worse than we remember yeah (laughs) oh no but I feel like for the time it was good. <laughs> but I mean, I don't want to speak out of school either. Right. So, yeah. Uh, so there's that one. And then he also did uh, the Talking Heads did this one. Uh, this, documentary. Yeah. I guess it's a documentary. When I watch it, it felt more like a, a concert film. Mm-hmm. But uh, Stop Making Sense where like David Byrne wears the super huge suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like that suit is amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's just got that tiny head with the giant body. Right. And the big gangly arms. <laughs> but the huge suit around it, so it doesn't look quite so weird, but Yeah. Yeah, really weird, really like visually interesting. And it's like talking head music, so I, I always like the talking yeah. head. Oh yeah, definitely. That's one my old roommate made me watch at like four in the morning post party. Um so I, re- I remember that one really well. That's yeah. interesting because I had the same but different experience, which is like my roommate made me watch it like right before a party. <laughs> <laughs> but it was sort of the same thing. Like it was like the calm before the storm. And then like we watched this whole movie and I remember getting really pumped up. Yeah. So. Set in the mood with that one for sure. Yeah, yeah but, definitely. I have been on a huge Talking Heads kick lately. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Like half of what I watch on YouTube now is Talking Heads. I should watch that because I don't know if I like. I don't know if I've even seen any of their videos. Like I've seen their that that movie, but you, I, I'm sure you have. Like at least like uh, burning down the house. No, I don't think so. Uh, Wild Wildlife with uh, seen, John Goodman. I have seen that, but only because it's in the movie, and they do like mm-hmm. a thing on Beavis and Butthead where they, I guess, they like cut that scene from the movie, and like they talk over it, and make fun of it, but um. I like I saw that movie a long time ago. It was uh, Stop Making Sense, right? Right. Which I think I think Jonathan Demme did that one too. Actually, oh wow! I, I didn't add it to my notes, but I think that one was was there too. Good for Jonathan Demme. Oh wait, it was True Stories. Oh. That was the movie. Oh. It's True Stories. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry, Jonathan Demme. Uh, but he did much Stop Making Sense. Yes, he definitely did that one. I definitely wrote that one down. So I'm going to say yes, he did that one. <laughs> Here's an interesting thing about Talking Heads. Well, actually, it's not really about Talking Heads. It's more about kids. But I do a a week-long school of rock and roll every summer and try to fit in, like, five decades of music over five days of the school week. Nice. And 
it's interesting to see what they really like because I always think, I mean, the the top hits, the top two hits every year that they don't stop singing ever are uh, uh, Queen, the We Will, we will rock, rock You, you. Yeah. and Joan Jett, uh, I Love, rock, I and love roll. rock and Roll. So I always think they're going to get really into like, the Led Zeppelin stuff or things that are a little bit more rocking like that. But um, they love talking heads. They cannot <laughs> like sit down. They have to get up and dance to it. It's kind of fun. That's kind of awesome because that's right? not something I ever would have guessed on. That, I know. That it's like shocking. kids would be really into. But now that I think about it, it makes total sense. They're like, this is rocking. And I'm like, well, it's kind of mellow <laughs> in the scheme of rock. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the one video I, I mean, when I start my talking hands binge on YouTube, the one video I always end up watching about three times is... Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Life during wartime, and they do a live version of it on YouTube, mm-hmm. and it's like cocaine personified. <laughs> <laughs> How so? How so? Um, because it's about a five or six minute song, but watching David Byrne on stage, you know he did the fattest line of coke before he took that because he is literally running through the entire video. You know, I never thought about cocaine with him, but like that kind of makes sense. I actually think that's one of the reasons the kids like them so much is that he's always running, like or like <laughs> pretending to run. So they're like, "Oh yeah, I can do that dance, sweet." <laughs> that makes sense to me actually, like because it's super high energy, just like David Byrne on cocaine. <laughs> uh, okay, well. um, Moving on a little bit, we're just going to shoot through all my notes, and then we're just going to do free form here. So uh, I have watched another show. Uh, it's based off of a movie that me and Zach actually covered with The Thin Man, which, Andrea, you were on The Thin Man podcast back when it was going yeah. uh, for the Myrna Loy. And it's a really good episode. I encourage everybody to go back and see it. And I don't remember if it was the same episode or not, but uh, Zach did a, a review of Dear White People. And... Uh, it sounded really good, and I never got around to watching it. But then when Netflix decided to do the show, I was like, okay, I got to check this out. So um, I watched the first episode a couple hours ago, so I'd be well-versed. I'm really glad I didn't watch in front of the kids. Because <laughs> 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 also American Gods, even more so, don't watch it with your kids <laughs> like at all. But um, it's uh, it was really interesting because... I guess every episode is going to cover a different character and sort of the, the trials and tribulations they go through. And it's, it's basically college kids. And the first one focuses on a, on a um, woman who she has like a radio show. And I guess she's sort of the firebrand of the college. And she does this radio show called Dear White People. And she basically calls out white people on like uncomfortable subjects that people don't want to talk about with racism. At the same time, she's hooking up with a white guy, and uh, oh, yeah, racy, yeah. But she, had, <laughs> but she had uh, basically she had said on her show like, uh, don't don't hook up with the oppressor, and she had said it that, and then so like it comes off to her friends as being hypocritical, and so she winds up having to kind of own it on the episode. 
but uh, and putting it out on her terms because apparently the the school paper has a scoop, but somebody sort of tips her off, and he's like, "Hey, if you want to like jump on top of it, we don't have anything to to stick you with," and so she does it. And uh, but it was a really interesting episode. Like it, it talks about like a lot of uncomfortable things, but I it was sort of near and dear to my my heart because I've been thinking about this a lot, especially with like younger people, because I just watched as I was telling you guys on the porch. I went to get out a second time. Like two months later, it's still in the theater getting one show a week. And I'm sure Guardians of the Galaxy 2 might kick it out. But it was the first um, movie directed by a black man that actually broke $100 million. And uh, it's so good. Like I, I did a quick look at all the movies that came out this year. And I've, out You're of talking about Get Out? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. Uh, out of everything I saw, it was far and away the best movie I've seen so this good. year. Yeah. And I suspect it might be the best movie I see this year, like, period. Like, throughout the... I mean, obviously, I can't tell the future, but... I'd be willing to go there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Even better the second time through. I, I assume you didn't see it yet, Brandon? Still haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Um, I would say, like, if you can get to the theater before it's gone, because I, I, I have a feeling on Thursday it's going to bounce. And uh, uh, It's still scheduled at least for another week. Really? Yeah, because uh, I was just like uh, going through all the uh, movie listings this week. It's playing least through because it's still on with uh, Guardians of the Galaxies coming in. So nice. Well, and I was gonna say I hate to deduce everything to money here, but I was sitting there looking at it and I'm like, "There's like 25 people in here," and then I'm like, "It's about 10 bucks a ticket, 250 dollars." No wonder they're still keeping it for one show. <laughs> like hell yeah, I'm glad people are still going to see this movie. Two months after it came out, you know, that's kind of unheard of right now. Like, usually a movie goes out, and unless it's Star Wars, like, it leaves after a month at the most, you know? Yeah. Um, we went opening night, and it was packed to the gills. I mean, and and I'm sure it was for night several nights afterwards, because I knew lots of people that were gearing up to go, and, and we had just been, like, planning, waiting <laughs> watching the clock for that one to come out um considering the movie that's a little creepy (laughs) (laughs) i just can't wait for this creepy movie about racism (laughs) um yeah you know we watch for the we watch for those kinds of uh i mean i'm not gonna lie i am also uh very excited about guardians of the galaxy coming out Oh, yeah, me too. I just don't want to see Get Out get, like, thrown out either. Right, yeah. No, I'd go see it again. That's that, That'd be worth a second watch in the theater for sure. So here's what I'll say. I watched it a second time, and it's even better the second time because yes. there are so many, and I can't get into the details because I really don't want to spoil it for Brandon or anybody who hasn't seen it. But there are tiny little seeds that some of them I picked up on, but there were so many I didn't pick up on that when you watch it a second time, you're like, oh, my God. Like, they had every little detail that tells you what's going to happen is seeded throughout this movie. Little details you could never see unless you watch it a second time. So it's so smart when you watch it on the second. I actually had that thought while I was watching it because I did, like, like you catch a few of them and was kind of like, oh, I see what they're doing here. And then I was like, I bet if I watch this again, there's a whole bunch of them to catch that I didn't see. Okay, I will say one that I don't think will really give anything away, but people who have seen the movie will know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a part where the uh, where Bradley Whitford is giving a, uh, a tour of his kitchen at the beginning of the movie, and 
he stops in and you see uh, the woman character. I can't remember her name, but the, the one who's presented is very creepy, right? That, <laughs> right you, know, you know who I'm talking about? The, yes. Yes. The, the kind of uh, maid. Uh-huh. Okay. And he's walking by her and he goes, yeah, after my mom passed, we, we kept a little we kept a little of her in the kitchen and I was like oh my god (laughs) they just like have all these subtle little things that I'm like this is awesome they like they seeded it with so many like hints and then rewatching it I'm like thinking so the first time I'm watching it through the character and I know like uh, Jordan Peele made this movie so that uh, particularly what he wanted to do was have white audiences feel what it was like to be black when you watch the movie because you don't know where people are coming from and like you know you might be mistrustful but you're used to how every like you're you're used to the subtle racism right right and uh when you watch this movie it's like uh I fucking forgot my point. Oh my god, that <laughs> went straight to my head. <laughs> uh you were saying that um he wanted white audiences to feel yeah. kind of what it feels like. Oh, yeah, I yeah, forgot no, what gone. I was driving okay. at. It's gone. <laughs> it's totally gone. But uh uh it's a it's super good. Like I really recommend it. And what I really liked about it is um it like I, I took my stepdaughter to see it the second time because I'll, I'll occasionally watch our movies with her. Like she's about to turn sixteen. I'm like this one. I'm like yeah, it's fine. Like I'm not worried about it. And I'm so glad I took her because we had this big conversation the next day at the dinner table, and we were just talking about uh, like racism and and um, kind of institutional racism, and it was really interesting because. I, I feel like that's something you should really talk to your kids. And I think a lot of people are, are nervous to talk to their kids about this stuff, but it's really important to talk to your kids about this stuff. And like this movie really greased the wheels for that. Like I, mm-hmm. I've talked somewhat, but she brought it up and we started talking about things. So I would really recommend like take your high schooler to it. If they can stand a thriller, cause it's not really a horror movie. It's more of a thriller, right? Yeah, Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's pretty good. Well, and the the conversation around racism is getting getting more and more informed at this point in history too. Like I can remember like being a kid and having some sense of like, well, you know, institutionalized racism like when I look at a TV or a magazine like 90% of the time it's somebody who looks somewhat like me. Um at least in race um and and just how that might feel or like you know the way things are marketed but on on the subtler scale of like you were saying subtle racism that happens just all the time everywhere um you know it's gone from being aware that oh like some of my relatives who are brown get followed when we go into a store to Oh, people just say things without even thinking or even necessarily realizing that they are, what do they call that? There's like a term for that subtle racist, like, um, uh, uh, I'm not the best with the terms. Aaron Donaldson, right in. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, ah, dang it. I I got a podcast with him. (laughs) I'm sure he'll bring it up at some point if he doesn't hear this. Uh, but 
Yeah, it's and and Aaron has talked a lot about how that's some of the most dangerous racism in a way. It's it's like the stuff that doesn't go because people really feel like as long as they're not trying to be racist, that they're not being racist. Right. And that's kind of the dangerous thing. And don't realize how that like chips away at someone over time. Like sure if it's like one comment in passing, maybe it's not that big of a deal, but when it's happening to you all the time and and how that starts to feel and i feel like i can relate to that a little bit on with sexism like and sometimes people are like will you just get off the sexism thing and i'm like no i won't because i am experiencing it like on a daily basis and it kind of hurts my fucking feelings (laughs) no it's and people are always just like like and i i have i have a number of friends too that just they they want they want because their intentions aren't bad. They want to like write it off if they say something like it's going to be okay and not really think about it. When somebody gets upset, they just blow it off. But it's like, no, you got to listen. Like when somebody tells you something hurts their feelings or chips away at them, like listen to them. It's not a hard thing to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 But what's something that bothers you in particular? Oh, man. Um, I know there's a lot of things. (laughs) Like, one of the things that happens a lot, and it's like, it's, you know, it's with people that I, it's with male friends of mine that I love and respect, and I know that they're good people with good hearts and have no bad intentions, but um, there's a high tendency to interrupt the female So we'll be like in a group of people and someone will like take their turn to talk and say something and everybody like stops and listens and then I'll start talking and it's like, I know my point is at (laughs) least as valid, if not more, um, some, some of the time, you know, and it's like just fine to just start talking over what I'm saying. (laughs) And that one drives me absolutely up the wall. (laughs) That's one I've been (laughs) so guilty of so many times and (laughs) I'm, aware of it now and really trying to be better about it but yeah it's definitely one that i would think would be out there yeah Uh, and i'm i think it's like a it's a subconscious thing like people don't realize they're doing it and sometimes i'll just straight up bring it up and be like all right you guys like you keep interrupting the woman and then the and people get defensive yeah like almost immediately most people get defensive right away like well no it's not because of that and it's like well that's weird because i've been observing this whole conversation for quite some time and noticing that i'm the only one who's being (laughs) interrupted and talked over regularly throughout this conversation (laughs) and then you might be able to like uh kind of put that with like mansplaining which was Mm -hmm. also a term i learned uh i want to say it was like I don't know. It was when about the time Alien Movie Project started, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Because, I and honestly, th- this is why I love, like, That's Debatable and Alien Movie Project, with the, which uh, Aaron Donaldson does, and Alien Movie Project he does with his wife, Kate. It's like, they make me think about this stuff a lot. And sometimes I want to deny it at first, and then I think about it, and I'm like, oh, yeah. There's this tendency that I have that I want to, like, explain things all the time but especially to women and like it's stupid (laughs) like it's really dumb to be like oh yeah i'm gonna take what you say and just explain it again and look smarter (laughs) or try to look smarter saying it and that actually happens too where it'll be like oh i just said something and then a dude in the room will say like basically the same exact thing and everyone will be like oh yeah totally it's like i just (laughs) 
<laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Which, by the way, I didn't ask you about swearing on this podcast. Oh, yeah, do it. I think I think I remember hearing it before, though, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. We fucking swear all the time. <laughs> Phew. <laughs> yeah, I would have told you. I think when, when I podcasted with you before, it was like clean, but I don't think I even told you that because I was just like, I'll edit out whatever needs no, to be edited No, you did. Out. You did. You mentioned it. You, okay. You did. Kind of, so that's why it just dawned on me. Cause, Literally yeah. the only podcast I've <laughs> ever done where you couldn't swear. Right. <laughs> well, and like I've been on radio shows a few times too, and there's always this like, these are things you can't say. Some of them are like, you know, depending on the station, like you also can't like advertise certain things or say you should go to this. You can just say this is happening. Like it's, it's interesting. The rules there. <laughs> when I was on KGLT, had my own radio station or radio show. You had a radio station, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no radio show. Um, it was funny because they have this list of like more than seven words you can't say. Mm-hmm. And they're like, these are the gray area. So, I mean, if you can avoid using them, that's fine. If like, if you do use them, it's not, not a big deal. There is one word that you cannot say on, on the radio. Can we guess? Go for it. Fuck. That's the one. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> I was it, waiting for you to be like, nope. <laughs> no, that is, that is like the word you cannot say on the radio. Um, and then, because that one is a public um, college radio. Mm-hmm. And so they don't have any uh, sponsorships on it. But they do have underwriters, which is sort of like a sponsor. Basically, they pay for the show. But and you can you can talk about like you know this show was underwritten by Microsoft or just throwing out a name right like like but you you cannot say and they're all like go buy Microsoft Windows right right yeah it's always like KGLT is brought to you by Microsoft making the world a better place or something like that <laughs> it's uh, that might actually be too much oh okay i was like kind of doing the npr You've gone too one. far <laughs> no i mean it's pretty strict well usually they actually have for the underwriters they have uh, actual copy you're supposed to read so has anybody said something that they weren't supposed to say like dropped a word they weren't supposed to say in an interview well, I was just playing music, so no. If anybody dropped it, it was me. It was, <laughs> and I know I actually broke the f bomb rule yeah. at least once. And it was uh, I was playing uh, George Thorogood's Killer Blues. Okay, and and I I swear I've listened listened to that song a hundred times and never heard the f bomb in it. But if you hear in the background. The, there's a part where in the background it says, uh, and the judge said, let the motherfucker go. Uh, <laughs> I got kicked off the Carroll College radio station one time. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. What happened? <laughs> well, um, you, you guys might know Casey Peru, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, he had some friend that was... Oh God, I'm embarrassed actually to tell you guys this story that, okay. <laughs> that was doing a show and we came up with these characters that were like, 
had some nondescript accent from somewhere like we were foreign um and it was that we did this whole play off of each other be oh yeah let's just go to the mountain come with come with us but then we started like progressively and like this was part of our 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 shtick was that the the characters would progressively get more and more like alluding to sexual intercourse in a threesome with the person (laughs) on the radio station (laughs) and we just took it too far they were like you're out of here (laughs) that's so great (laughs) yeah they were like you can never come back i was like fine uh me and greg uh Greg, who started the the podcast with me, kind of, I got him on for like the first six episodes and then he dropped out, but uh, we were actually going to do a Carol radio show and then somebody (laughs) was like way inappropriate apparently and uh, they stopped letting non-students do the show or do shows. Mm -hmm. It wasn't you though. (laughs) No, it wasn't you. No, Uh, that was way back when we got kicked off. Yeah. Well, this was way back too. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that you were on it. I mean, were you, were you 18 or over at that point? Oh yeah. Yeah. I must've been, I think I was like 20. So what I did not realize then, like putting all the time frames together, cause I know you're younger than me. Mm -hmm. Uh, that means that they, at some point, allowed people back onto it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not you. No, not me. But me and Greg, like, we had worked out something with a guy there to do a show, like, for an hour a week. And uh, and then it fell apart because somebody interviewed a rape um, victim and, I guess, was just, like, really, really awful to her. And Ooh. because of that, they were, like, he wasn't with the college and after that they were like no only people that like take this one program can do it and me and greg were like fuck you to that guy yeah who we didn't know and then like our show just fell apart but i in a way i'm 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 sorry that that happened but i'm kind of glad it didn't happen because it definitely like fostered me really wanting to do a podcast when i found out i could yeah because i always wanted to do that i was more interested in the talking than the music sure end of the the um show so like greg was gonna pick the songs and then i was like gonna have conversations with him in between so oh, i think nice. it was gonna be like 50 50 that'd be a show i'd listen to yeah and honestly we had lots of friends that did stuff on carol radio even in high school mm-hmm. i remember that so it was i mean and i don't know it, when we went on we were guests on someone else's show, which I also feel really bad about because I can only imagine that that kid got into some trouble <laughs> as well. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've had a I've had a couple TV interviews and radio radio interviews, but uh, I only did w- one live feed, and we did a thing from. Uh, a bar in like great falls i think it was the loading zone and i know i didn't swear like i know for a fact i didn't swear from the loading zone yes nice (laughs) (laughs) yeah they were doing a live a live feed from the the, from the loading zone and uh and i it was really funny because the dude talked to us all and he's having a conversation and you could sort of see him wrinkle his nose a little bit when like (laughs) sam and greg and uh, we're talking and Adam didn't talk at all. So the dude went straight to me to like do the interview. <laughs> that makes sense because there's a lot of swearing like between the other two. And then like Adam was just like completely silent. 
So yeah, that makes <laughs> sense as well. Yeah. <laughs> but it was one of those things like I go to do the interview and all I'm thinking in my head is don't say fuck. Don't say fuck. Don't say fuck. Ah, oh, so fuck. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, fuck. But I don't remember what I said, but it definitely wasn't fuck. Like, I, I'm pretty confident on that. Well, good job. <laughs> <laughs> you did one Thank thing you. right. <laughs> you said you did some other radio interviews? Um, I was on, um, uh, what's the college radio in Missoula? I don't know. It is, uh, and now I can't get KGLT and then KBMF in Butte is like a local independent station that I've been on as well. Um, uh, oh, K- KBGA. Okay. KBGA. <laughs> Just going to call it out. <laughs> yeah. There it is. There it is. Um, I did like a local musician session on there slash interview and that was my first time getting the whole like which is funny because i did that carol one way before and i don't remember ever getting like the rundown like you can't do this i think we just went straight on <laughs> <laughs> can't, went can't for we can't <laughs> yeah. i think we can i think we can um so yeah i re- like at the at, at kbga i got the full rundown of like you know you can't say go buy this or go do this you can only say this is happening or um all the swear word stuff and that kind of thing um i actually edited one of my songs on it because there's a swear word in it sorry i was uh glaring at the dogs (laughs) so you had to go through and edit your thing what was that like did you like put a big beep on it and like cut it out or oh no like i like in the moment just said a different word in place of it so it was a live performance okay yeah it was a live performance you bring in like an acoustic guitar and Mm -hmm. sort of okay yeah i never had one of those (sighs) that would have been fun but i don't play guitar or anything that i could bring into the studio that's like um you could play some uh bongos there no oh yeah no. yeah no come way. on <laughs> at the so. studio in bozeman at kglt there's room enough for a person in bongos oh for sure yeah <laughs> like i have a song with just bongos <laughs> <laughs> but you must pay the rent but i cannot pay the rent <laughs> yeah no <laughs> i'd like to hear you do barfly girl on the oh. radio <laughs> That, okay, Classic. that's okay. Talking about sexism, that's a great example. Actually. <laughs> no, for real, bring it My around. Because no, I have, I have no problem like calling out bad shit that I've done in the past. Like I have zero problem with that whatsoever. And I was looking at my lyrics notebook that I had with this our band Tongue Bath. I'm embarrassed to even say the name now. <laughs> Love the band, but it's a little embarrassing. And like, we were in this phase where. We were not a punk band, like by any stretch, but we were playing with punk bands. And so it was, there was like an attitude of like, try and like do shock and awe in a way, like just try and like make everybody shocked. And so I just had the dirtiest songs all the time. And they were like straight up demeaning. I mean, it it wasn't good, you know, (laughs) and I'm older now. So I can look back at it, but I have one called Barfly Girl, which is not nice. I'd want to call Pussy for a prize, which is not nice. It was catchy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, but I didn't write the harmony. I wrote the awful lyrics, too. (laughs) 
But we had we had one called "You Don't Do It the Way You Used to Do." And it's about blowjobs. Like it was terrible, dude. I had so many like. Just, that is pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, to be fair, that was Greg's baby. Like I wrote the lyrics to it, but he's like, "It's about a girl who doesn't give blowjobs good anymore." And I was like, "All right, I'll write the lyrics to it." You were like, "I'm in." <laughs> oh yeah, I had no problem doing it whatsoever. I was like, "Assignment, cool." It was sort of like school. But I had a lot of songs like that, and I like felt bad. And it's like I look back. I did an album with Adrian a couple years ago, uh, our Kirk to Con album. There's like no sexist stuff. I don't think I'd have to listen to it again <laughs> to be sure. But like I just like matured. I think a lot of it was just straight up maturity, you know. Yeah. But there was a lot of like trying to shock people. But it wasn't okay. It felt like it was okay at the time, but it wasn't okay. Like I don't excuse it. You sure. Know? Yeah, but. It just got uncomfortable. <laughs> so it is. I, I was. Uh, what got me really thinking about it though was I looked at one one set of lyrics that I just like. I wrote down. Thank God, never got turned into a song. But I was looking at that and I was like, that is awful. And I just had this tendency to like make myself a victim a lot of the time with like women and like that was not the case whatsoever. It was just like. Um, Sort of like when you write in a journal and you're trying to like be uh, like melodramatic about it. Maybe I'm the only one with this. (laughs) You write in a journal? No, I'm just kidding. Not anymore. (laughs) Not anymore. (laughs) No, I used to do the thing all the time where I'd like, I'm going to write down a journal and I'm like going to get all my stuff and I'd do it for like a week and then I'd put it down and think like, I got to write in the journal and I never would. And I probably have done that like 25 times from like age five. Well, maybe not five, but age eight to like 17, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I had a lot of those kinds of songs. And like, it's a little bit embarrassing now when I look at it. But it's also like I can read it and be like, well, that's how I was then. Like, I I know I've learned things since then, you know, like I was immature enough to to even be like, that's so funny. <laughs> like it's super degrading to me and I find it hilarious. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I've, I've definitely matured as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing about getting older is just like you look at things a different way, especially like now I'm a dad and that this isn't the reason. Like because I was a dad and still hadn't totally gotten there yet, I had to like think about things a different way. But like I got girls down, like I think about that and it's like that's not that's really not cool. And I don't like the idea of like people degrading my daughters either. Yeah. And so I really think about like how I acted when I was younger and it's like, yeah, I can't correct what I did then, but I can correct what I do now and at least try and stay like call people out on their shit too. Cause you gotta think about this stuff. Like times change and that's kind of the thing. Like times change got to change at the times if it's for the better anyway. Yeah. Because yeah. we have sort of a shitty president. We have some some weird things going on in our time, which, speaking of which, <laughs> which, witches, no, I'm not going to talk about witches, but okay. um, <laughs> but that, that would fit. Um, I, I also started watching that uh, show, The Handmaid's oh, Tale. Oh, is that the one on like, is it on Hulu? It's on Hulu, yeah. Okay, um, yeah. And I got it on my my hulu q whatever they call that yeah yeah and so and i was i heard a piece on it on the book on npr maybe two years ago now and i was like oh i should read that that sounds interesting um but and and i'm sure you've heard this or seen comments online but it is eerily relevant to our current situation 
How so? Can you like break it down for me? Because I'll be honest, um, it popped up on who I think. Because did they just start a second season? Is that is that? No, there's there's only like four episodes on, and they're releasing them weekly, like a TV show, which is really frustrating because I just want to marathon that shit. But did they just release a second episode then? Is that uh, tomorrow? Is the fifth episode comes out? I believe. So. Well, I know, like, it suddenly popped at the top of my thing. I was like, oh, I should check this out. Because I, I like Elizabeth Moss because she was on uh, Mad Men. She's a Scientologist. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, in real life? In real life. I thought you yeah. meant on the show. I was like, the- I wouldn't have picked that at all. I thought it was a period piece. Well, so it's not a period piece. And that's what is really interesting. Because even with the NPR piece, they didn't give that much away. So when I did start watching it, I was a little bit thrown um, and because I didn't ever get around to reading the book or looking much more into it, even though I wanted to. Um, anyway, so are, yeah, are they like Mormons then, or, or what's? Uh, no, it's it's like a political thing, and it has to do with the U.S. government being overthrown. Um, oh wow! By, I mean, I, is it okay for me to do this? Is it a spoiler alert? Yeah, should I yeah, say? Yeah, just say spoiler, and it's, it's <laughs> look, <laughs> makes everything live, okay. <laughs> every time a movie comes out that we really like that we both saw, we're just like, all right, you should probably not listen to this podcast because we're gonna spoil it. So yeah, spoil whatever. I, I'm not gonna give too much away, and actually, you can just like you can click on the show and read this, or you know, I mean, it's it's not giving too much away. I don't think, but um, basically, the the U.S. government is overthrown by. Um, religious zealots who are you know definitely have the belief system of women having particular places and purposes um beyond like an individual self interesting right so the reason i found out that elizabeth moss is that her name Yeah. yeah yeah the reason i found out that she's a scientologist is because i read this whole article about how um like her, Elizabeth Moss, other cast members, and the the writers and producers of the show are all denying publicly that it has anything to do with like a, a feminist thread or a sexist idea. They're like, oh no, this just crosses genre, and yeah. it's like clearly, I mean, you can't get around <laughs> what this movie is ta- or this um, show is talking about or the the theme of the book. So it's kind of like. So it got brought up that she's a Scientologist and um, that maybe that might have something to do with it. I don't know. But. Was it one of those things where the writer was like kind of shoved her forward and he's like, no, 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 she's a Scientologist. We didn't do that. Don't sue us. Please well, and don't sue so us. the author of the book is, I think, Margaret Atwood. Is that, do you know? I, I actually don't know. I, I want to say that's who it is. Um, and the, and I think there was a little thing like, oh, yeah, and and, you know, she's just in agreement and i'm like how is that possible or are they just trying to get people to watch it who otherwise wouldn't by not um entering that sphere but it's just it's you you can't deny what it is and when you look at the current state of um things happening in our government and where it seems like not so unlikely or far off that um you know, some kind of coup could yeah. <laughs> is happening. <laughs> Not could happen, is happening. Um, it, it's, you know, it's just, it makes you think like, well, what's going to happen to um, marginalized groups? Yeah. And um, it, it is kind of scary. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Um, like, I, I think it was a cracked podcast I was listening to 
a little before the election and they actually put out a podcast right before that was talking about how a civil war broke out how it would break out and uh it was like a legitimate concern because a lot of people were like bringing this up they're saying like look if hillary clinton wins this election this is how it could play out and it's really interesting because it's like it still might play out but not in the way that they thought it was going to play out because at that point we were looking i mean obviously a lot of people saw it coming but like a lot of us were looking at the polls and we're like oh trump's getting thumped sure yeah and so we were looking at it as like well the right wing like this is how it could sort of break off and happen but like no that's like it still might happen you know and i have to i have to say that i uh, i was was not and have not ever been a hillary supporter and Mm -hmm. um uh the the problem runs so much deeper than um just who our president is obviously yeah um and and in some ways i'm like well it's right now it's in everybody's face and in that regard i'm like almost a little bit happy that things played out the way they did and that trump got elected oh my god nobody shoot me please (laughs) no this is fair though like no just because i feel like it's so easy to like i'm gonna use the term whitewash um all of the really deep-seated problems in our culture that you know ultimately lie within the top elite and their interests and how that is used in every, you know, I mean, they they control the populace, and and some people are more moldable than others. But Hillary Clinton is not a huge step up, in my opinion. Other than like, I mean, there's the obvious like, well, we would maybe not be worried about the Environmental Protection Agency as much, or you know, <laughs> yeah. There's some yeah. Cer- definitely some things that are like, okay, that would be better. Um, but ultimately, you know these guys are all lining their pockets with pharmaceutical company money, oil company money, war profiting. I mean, it's, and and in those places we are not going to see change. I mean, we are, we are the plebs at the bottom and, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of disheartening. I don't want to, don't want to get, get too dark there, but, um, I don't, I don't think it's too dark to just like, point out reality though no i mean it's unless uh, let's be honest here like there's there's a subsection of the united states that voted for him which when you break down registered voters it was like 26 percent. i think i read 26 percent of registered voters voted for trump 25 percent voted for hillary like one percent voted for other people and then the rest of them just didn't turn out like it wasn't an election that most people were very thrilled right. to be a part of. And uh, it's, I don't know, like you looked at it and it was, it, it felt like, it felt like ultimately it was a change election and that like people were sick of more of the same. So like a, a big chunk went to Trump, but it's like a lot of us were fucking terrified at that and are terrified at that prospect, like watching it because it's like, like for me, Okay, like this is being real here. Like, yeah. Assuming we don't get a nuclear war, and that's a big assumption, <laughs> that, that, right? Yeah. yeah, Brandon likes to bring this up a lot, but like that's a, that's a very real assumption. 
But uh, to me, like, if I'm being completely honest, I'm a white male. Like, a lot of this isn't really going to touch me too much. The healthcare could definitely touch me, depending on what happens with it. Public lands, I mean, mm-hmm. that is yeah. going to touch right. us. But what, what I mean, what I mean is, like, the people who are getting the brunt of it, who are getting the worst of it, are like Muslims, Mexicans, women, and black people, like and LGBT. Yeah. Yes, and LGBT. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Like, especially with like Mike Pence being like having the ear of the president. Like, well, all, and then all of these and then people. there's also the people who have always been really getting it, which are like Native American populace yes. and. Um, um, but I don't know what the term is. I know that when you're an asshole about it, you're an ableist. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, yeah. I, I think <laughs> it, you're right. So you're talking about the, like people who are against uh, like helping out anybody who's like handicapped or right. has mental yeah. illness mm-hmm. or anything. Yeah, just just in case people aren't familiar. I'm totally familiar, but I worked with <laughs> uh, people with handicaps for a long time. So um, yeah, and it's these are the people who are going to get it the worst. So it's like on one level, I'm not really going to feel it, but it enrages me because I don't like when people are treated unfairly, mm-hmm. and that is exactly <laughs> what. And it always it's it's been happening, and it seems like it will continue to happen. But man, it is just like the brazenness. You, well, you Trump. don't. I mean it. Yeah. It, yeah. What I think is, I mean, it's kind of boils down for me. It's like the stuff you do to don't be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just because somebody's different that you don't walk over and punch them in the face. I mean, it's, I mean, it just seems like that level of basic human yeah, like, dignity. How about this? Help your neighbor. Yeah. I who mean, cares so, who they are? Yeah. Help your neighbor if they need help. I mean, and not. You know, you can extend that as far as you want to, but it's like most people, I think, even like Trump supporters, I feel like if it really came down to it and their neighbor was getting fucked with, would would have to, they would be faced with a more real moral dilemma in that moment because it suddenly becomes right close to home, you know, instead of this us and them kind of stuff. I mean, it happens time and time again where people are like, well, I... I really was homophobic, and then my nephew, you know, uh, what's his name, um, uh, had a show, Bill O'Reilly. I heard him do a, a talk one time about, like, well, my nephew's gay, and so I feel differently about it, and it was, like, the one time I ever heard him say something that was, like... Like, not horrible. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> well, okay, that's that's great to hear that you feel... I'll be honest, I heard one or two shows, but I could not tell you what. I think my mind was just like, no, no, you can't accept this. <laughs> just just <laughs> He's tune it out. Human being. Well, I used to watch it for that kind of like horrific entertainment uh-huh. like or listen to it. Uh, like purposely, I had, <sighs> had some deck of cards that someone gave me one time that was like all just horrible like Fox was News the- anchors and... Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and and so that was like I was like, who's this Bill O'Reilly guy? And then I looked him up, uh, and I was like, wow, this is so bad that I'm just gonna. And I, I think I was listening more like on a radio, digital radio. Type. I, th- I think but, what we're getting at here is like Bill O'Reilly's an all right guy, right? <laughs> nothing, nothing. He's gonna land on top. Nothing wrong is gonna go for him. Yeah, definitely not. But I'm just saying that there there are those things that do actually change people, and it's usually when it hits close to home. But on the other hand, then you have people who disown their kids, you yeah. know? Yeah. So it's, it's really tough to say what changes someone's mind, but it's generally not a, 
a heated debate in a bar. So yeah, no, <laughs> never, 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 never. Uh, yeah, it's really interesting. I, I heard about this effect that um, they were doing when they were pulling people in California. They were pulling in people, and I think what they were doing was it was for um, it was after they they passed that ban on gay marriage in in California. And what they started to find is if they sent like people to talk to um, people who had voted against the bill, like in person. It wouldn't work unless that person was gay and they specifically talked about how it affected them. Then it would actually like generally change the person's mind, like something like nine. Something that would humanize it. Yeah, Yeah. because it would humanize them. But it had to be somebody who was like directly affected by it and having a conversation with them and specifically saying how it like negatively impacted. Kind of like that Heineken commercial. I haven't seen it. do you want to tell us about it? Like I haven't sure. seen, I didn't get a chance. Okay. To watch so my today. initial reaction was, um, like, Oh God. Ah, and not it, because it is, it's like this whole thing where it's like two people get placed together purposely. One who's like a marginalized from a marginalized group of some kind. And one who's like, well, I would never talk to anybody who's transgender or, you know, something like that. But they don't know that about each other. And they're just stuck in a room together without any kind of prompt. And they have to, like, follow these directions and build something together. And they don't know what they're building. Well, it turns out they're building a little mini bar together. And then they sit down and they put the beers there. And then they find out. They, like, see clips of each other's viewpoint or whatever. Like, I'm a transgender. I hate transgendered people. They see, like, the clip. And then they're invited to stay and have a beer together and talk about it or leave. And, you know, of course, they all stay and have a beer and f- and afterward feel drink better. Heineken. Drink Heineken <laughs> together and feel better and are like, let's stay in touch. Um, that's what they're portraying, which... On one hand, it is kind of that whole idea, like you're humanizing it and you're putting someone um, up against like, oh, I really don't like feminists. Oh, but this whole time I didn't realize you were a hardcore feminist and I actually, hardcore feminist, whatever that means, but (laughs) (laughs) and I actually, you know, really enjoy your company. And so now that I know that about you, I feel like it's challenging my view. Okay, there is something to that, right? Like you can meet people and, and really click with them on many other levels only to find out like you voted for Trump like seriously <laughs> what that, yeah. that that blows my mind but on the other hand it's like still a, a Heineken commercial and it's very it's still that like neat little bow kind of idea um, like it's gonna solve all the problems right and then one of that other one of the and like a lot of times it doesn't work that way you know how many people w- did they try that with or how real even how real was that but how many people if you did that experiment would just get up and walk out and not sit down and have the beer and yeah. talk it out <laughs> not to mention you know I've seen a lot of criticism about like you're holding basically like a marginalized person's viewpoint as equal with like somebody who is very hateful. <laughs> like it's, yeah. a, I mean, you know, and it, I am very open-minded and I like the idea of like, okay, you are challenging me because I just cannot wrap my mind around, you know, what you believe or how, what you think about these issues, but I want to listen because I view you as a human being and I want to get to the root of it and find a way that we can, somehow fix that or heal that or make it at least okay for us to like 
shovel each other's walk or something, you know, just that simple. Um, but on the other hand, it is kind of like there's a huge difference between the viewpoint of inclusivity, inclusivity versus the viewpoint of, um, you know, basically hate. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's hard because you're like, sometimes you can be like, you're trying to make a point, but it's against a concrete wall. <laughs> the, the wall's not going to change. The wall's yeah. not going to change no matter what you say to it. It's just, it's going to be so, a wall. Something we had talked about a couple weeks ago was, because we talked about the uh, the flat earthers out there. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so My I, favorite people. Oh, I, I, actually, I don't know what happened, but I got like, I was reading something um, Does this involve space? Well, no, it was uh, oh, Dan- okay. Daniel Tosh <laughs> put some like anti-anti-earth or a- anti-round earth. Okay. <laughs> or he was pro-round earth okay, talking about gotcha. flat earth. So he was like... Anti-anti-rounder. He's <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of a more insulting way of saying it, but sure. <laughs> Anyways, and, and it just... And I'm... I, I was laying in bed because it was like a Saturday morning and I didn't have anything doing. So I'm laying in bed just thinking about why, how people can honestly think about the earth this way. When you can actually <sighs> just jump on YouTube and look at a video of a weather balloon. Yeah. Oh, it's CGI. Dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not it's real. It's CGI. That's not just, real. Prove it. Uh, Unless I see it myself with my own two I eyes. Like, you know. I mean, I wish I could, like, talk to somebody like that and just, like, okay, let's get a weather balloon and put a camera on it. Your camera with your, you know, and just watch them go up. And, you know, and I just, and people would still not believe it. Oh, sure. And and it's, I, and I'm, I'm wondering how, like, this culture of thought goes. And then... A few minutes later, I get back on Facebook, and there was a, a Greg Gianforte <laughs> ad. Oh, my God. There's a hole in the space-time <laughs> continuum. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Brandon. Oh, no. Because um, he's got some very, very strange beliefs, and this guy is running for Congress right now. Um <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo. Um, he's actually like funds a museum out in Glendive where they've basically manufactured uh dinosaurs and humans together sort of things and <laughs> cuz they walked at the same time, right? Oh, That's yeah. what I understand from the about 5,000 6,000 years Not ago. Not only right? that, but they were friends. That's right. That, like I saw, I look. I saw a historical document where this dude like got off of work and rode down like a brontosaurus tail. Oh and, my uh, god, that's awesome! Yeah. <laughs> and he listened to a record. It was like a pterodactyl that put its beak on some stone. It's <laughs> it's science. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, he also uh, you know be- doesn't believe in social security because Noah lived to be six hundred years old and was working the whole time. Yeah, Moses only made it to 400. Oh, I, I've definitely had people like that that I've become close to. And then there's like this point where they like suddenly drop 
drop the bomb on me it's like we'll be on like a sweet hike and i'll be like i just i'm so glad we feel so the same about so many things <laughs> and then you know you literally say that no no but but like that's you know, paraphrasing it's like i just have no idea and then suddenly the the bomb drops that they're like well you know people used to live to be like 400 years old and i just feel my whole body like bristle a little bit and i'm like <laughs> what i'm like you know i'm usually like oh oh why do you think that and it's always like well you know it says it in the bible and i'm like oh how did i not see this how did i not notice this in the last six months of our friendship damn it oh now i gotta find your friends (laughs) i gotta find no no and actually like it's okay like i stick with people i try to stick with people i don't lie about my viewpoints but you know it's like okay can't we find some common ground and because most like when you get into that kind of stuff it is just people wanting to escape reality as we know it right now and wanting to like well but what about this and what if it's all a big facade and it's it's all just the veil and you lift it and look at this we've been on a flat earth the whole day you know it just they just want it to be weirder than it is but when you get to the other stuff when it comes to like the hate stuff that's all like emotionally based. Yeah. It's yeah. just so emotionally based that that's, that's where it really gets difficult. When you get into the weird beliefs, it's like, oh, okay, I can work around that. I'm not going to really be able to wrap my mind around you believing that. And it, I'm not going to lie. It affects my perception of your intelligence, which is probably not fair. Like there's, <laughs> there's got to be more than one type of intelligence and one way to be intelligent. But um, you know, when it comes to that kind of stuff, it's like, ah, well, uh, but can you just look at, but you know, it, it does come down to what, how much can we actually prove can me I, personally? No, this now one thing I've, I've noticed in my views and I've, I've met some of the people that, uh, I used to work with a guy who was a pastor that basically taught this young earth theory and, um, and that's not quite what so so much bothered me. It was the other hate stuff mm-hmm. that he taught along with it. Yeah, right. That that's the stuff that really bothered me. Like I I've always subscribed to live and let live. Like if I don't agree, and a lot of time with religion, it's it's an upbringing thing. Like a lot of the time, I, unless they're born again, that's like a whole different also blows thing. my mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but that's like a whole different set of circumstances but most of the time it's, it's somebody who's i feel like who's brought up in a household where, where they have a certain set of values and like i'm usually fine with it it's until you stop respecting the people around you that i have a problem with mm-hmm. it especially yeah like I've, I've had people point the finger at me when i was younger and it's like hold on like i never attacked you for what you believe like uh, just do me the same service you know right but uh i i've been kind of running into some interesting times because (laughs) my daughter uh she's been going to to church with some relatives and uh like you know they've been taking her from time to time and it's like it's like half like so my wife's side of the family is is like spiritual and to varying degrees and, and whatever they believe. And I don't want to like present their views or anything, but like they went to a church and my daughter has like gotten to the point where like she's embarrassed because they're like, they're passing out this like candy and bracelets and stuff. If they answer certain questions from the Bible. Right. And she doesn't know any of them. 
And it's like just being a dad, like I hear this stuff and it just makes me bristle because it's like they're just setting up this system where like they have to like read through and like know all these answers from this book. Like it's basically a way to like bribe them to like to like fit in with everybody around. Indoctrination. Yeah. Yeah. And it's (laughs) that that stuff like bothers me, too, because it's it's. I'm not pretending like I'm a super intelligent person, but I'm intelligent enough to know when somebody's running a game on somebody. Right. Well, <laughs> here's know? here's what I would suggest with that is just if if your daughter is like showing interest in that and wanting to learn it, do it with her yourself and treat it as like a critical thinking experiment where you guys can read things and say like, well, what does that mean to you? What do you think that means? And because I found the number one thing, like in my early adult life, I started going to just all these different churches. I went to um, temples of um, like Hare Krishna temples. I went to like just Buddhist temples, any place I could go to kind of find out what they were talking about. And a lot of times when I ended up in a Bible study, I actually got kicked out because like the person leading the Bible study would then say, so this is what that passage means. And I would say, well, gosh. I don't that's view it that n- way. That's not what it meant to me when I read it. And they don't like that very much. But it's a good way. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good way to get, you know, your daughter to be able to think about those things for herself. So that if she is interested in it, she's not just going down the path of total indoctrination of mm-hmm. whatever they say is is law regarding Christianity or, you know, the Christian Bible. But instead, like, I can look at this and take these for for what I what makes sense in my mind. And you can talk about them freely together, which is important too, being able to... Because those things are real. And when you hit... When kids hit a certain age, I think it's like around nine is when they say they start getting really deep into like spiritual questions. And they want to know why things exist and why we're here and what the purpose is. And, you know, if there are religious people in their lives pointing them a certain way, it's good to just give them kind of a a personal out (laughs) where, like, I can be interested in this and I can still get the candy and the bracelet, but I don't necessarily believe that that's what that means. I can think about that critically. Yeah. And I've been, I've been thinking about this from every angle. I definitely don't hide and I didn't hide with her older brothers, sisters that I'm not a church goer. Right. Never will be. But, uh, you know, I I don't know. Like I, I've been, I've been handling this very delicately because I also don't want to offend anybody in my family. And I know they're trying to help her and whatnot, but it's like, yeah, I'm going to try some of the stuff that you're saying there. Cause a lot of what I am is like, yeah, I just don't believe that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, and I'm like, well, they believe it and like the church believes it, but you know, different people have different opinions. Like, I just don't think that that's real and it's hard for her at this age to understand that because uh to me i, I sound like i'm gonna burn in hell at any moment I'm sure <laughs> right what they said that it's just like yeah so that's know. why i think i mean because i i have a somewhat similar situation with um you know again i don't want to like out people or anything but mm-hmm. with the the kiddo in my immediate family who um has one side of the family that is extremely religious and then another part of the family that's also extremely religious but they're like kind of different and they all really want they all really want him to be in it and he's interested in it you know and he and he already in some ways you know believes oh well i believe this so 
for me, it's just important to say like, and share what I believe or don't mm-hmm. believe, but also say, well, let's look at these things and encourage that and be like, that's that's positive that you're exploring these things. And let's look at other things out there too. I mean, just make it more about exploration and less about indoctrination because that's going to be interesting for them. It's going to give them at least maybe later on the option that there are other ways of thinking about this and that it doesn't, it's not necessarily just this one way <clears throat> and that you can take good things from it still so that they don't feel like they have to alienate from that other part of their family either. No, you know? that's definitely a good point is that, you know, you can actually, you know, a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of good in religion and I, I know I'm not, a religious person in any <laughs> way, shape, or form. If you're looking for Bible for Bible study right now, you tuned into the wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know there there is a lot of good in religion in the fact that you know it gets people to think critically about the world around them and strive for something better. I mean, some of that element is is good for society. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's a good thing for a young person growing up to be able to look at that objectively and see what the good thing, I mean, there's societal things, there's um, just social things where they learn how to interact with other people in a social setting. So, I mean, there, there is, I, I won't, I, I, I will not condemn religion. Yeah. Well, and there's also, if you go to smaller towns, a lot of the time they're like the churches where they go, if they're going through AA, like they're going through church, if they're getting money to keep their power bill on, they're going through church and things like that. But there's also, and this is where I keep <laughs> it real. Cause we've been like super nice so far. But right. Then there's also like when, when you start hearing about people who go in and they shoot up, you know, um, like a gay club or something like a lot of the right. time. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely hate available. Yeah. They're, they're I, I don't preach hate. So it's like, I try and keep that in mind too. It's like, it's, it's all about respect and like respecting other people. So it's like, I respect you to a point, but you need to also show everybody else the same respect. Well, and right? cause I don't think that religion does teach critical thinking. I think that's where you need to come in <laughs> yes. and, and show how to approach those things with the and it's funny that we call it critical thinking because i'm not saying like go in with a like this is all bullshit criticize it you know not that kind of critical but like just being able to think about things from more than one angle and and just starting there because also like what i found going to all these different places is that what it really came down to and it wasn't It wasn't like, I mean, sometimes it was the same professed religion, like to a T, like it was the same exact denomination, but different church location. And it came down to the experience that I had there mostly came down to what people gathered there, which people gathered there. And so it it made me realize that a lot of religion really is just about having a community that you are going there knowing that all of you are like kind of sharing these same ideas um, and you know, so, cause I could go to one, um, say, oh, I'll just throw one out there. Like, um, assembly of God, 
could go to <laughs> anybody from Helena knows she just listed the firebrand church <laughs> right? right am I right it, um, you know so one you might find like really conservative views people speaking in tongues you might go to another one and just find people playing guitar and singing songs yeah. I mean it really comes down to who's gathering there and that kind of opened my eyes a bit too about what really draws people into a church or a religion and yeah there is that side of it that's like wanting to know wanting to have some sort of coping mechanism for for our mortality and wanting to understand what this all is but you know for the person who then has someone in their life who who can help you know not teach them what to think but teach them how to think they're going to come out of that okay yeah makes sense Leave it to to somebody who teaches children to like have the common sense answer, <laughs> like the really good like answer. Yeah, I'm just a dad fumbling through this stuff. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're doing a good job. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It sounds like you're doing a good job, which is even more important because you have way more kids. Than <laughs> so many kids. <laughs> so many kids. But uh, I, I actually, I worked with Andrea at, at a retirement home for a while. And so I know, I know you're a good person. I know you like look out for people's best interests and things. And that's it's good to hear. Thank you. It's good Thanks. to hear all that stuff. Because, by the way, this is the most substantive <laughs> podcast we've had, I don't know. I think since I did the gun one with Aaron. And that was a while ago. Nice. And, uh, yeah, so thank you for that. Yeah, thank I thought we were going to talk about Bob's Burgers. <laughs> we can still talk about Bob's Burgers. Well, can we talk about it in like an existential sense? Or, no, I'm just kidding. I haven't actually seen it, so I don't know if I what? can. <laughs> really? It's finally my turn. <laughs> this is the one thing that puts the divide between us. <laughs> There's just wall went straight up. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <coughs> any me. parting shots? Any Anything anybody want to say? Or? You know, I will have to say, for those listening, I'm actually stumping for Rob Quist. Yeah. Um, Mention on the Keeping It 1600 podcast, which is like super liberal podcast that I listen to. <laughs> actually, there's been a... Alyssa Milano, we've talked about Alyssa Milano on the podcast yeah, before. Verbatim. She was in Bozeman last week stumping for Rob Quist. So and I'm I'm glad I'm on the same side. I mean, I was on the same side, but I'm glad. I'm gonna take it back a notch and say everybody should go see Get Out. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. I'm I'm gonna back your play there. Yeah, <laughs> and then I'm also gonna say uh, vote for Rob Quist. <laughs> Dude plays banjo, and I like him, and I like a lot of his views. But I haven't. I don't know. I don't. I'm not gonna back everyone because I haven't read every view. So right, there's probably something out there that would just make you make you want to say. Gah! Welcome but, to the Republic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think I think watch vote for Rob Quist. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch Get Out. And um, I also want to say, check into whether you read the book or watch the show on Hulu, check into The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to check that out for sure. God, I got so many shows. And Preacher. You, we we're going to talk about Preacher, we were but dude, talk we about so Preacher. ran out of time. <laughs> we'll save it for another time. But I do want to uh, throw out a couple of plugs really quick before we go. Um, 
Alien Movie Project uh, will be out in a week or two. Uh, they're going to do Star Trek II Wrath of Khan. So God! I can already <laughs> tell you Aaron didn't like it, I'm pretty sure. I just heard little snippets of the conversation. <laughs> Aaron, I usually agree with you, but if you're anti-con... I can't walk with you. I, on this I don't. One. I don't know for sure. Like I only, I only caught snippets, but it really <laughs> seemed like he wasn't super excited about it. Like I was. Like, are we talking about the original one? Yes. Okay. And and was this his first time watching it? Uh, I think so. I feel and like that I could play Kate into your it, but Sort of forgot about it. Okay. Yeah, it is like an older movie for sure. <laughs> but uh, um, you know, I want. It's. I'm sure it's a good episode. I'm gonna cut together the clips here soon, so I didn't have a chance today. So I just want to throw out something. I mean, I watched Wrath uh, of Khan with my. Uh, she was then nine year old. Loved Wrath of Khan. It's a perfect show for a nine year old. I was actually <laughs> going to say that exact thing. <laughs> my daughter cried when Spock died. Yeah. Who do I cry when Spock dies? <laughs> I did, except for the day Leonard Nimoy actually died, and I watched it, and for some reason I cried that day. It was a weird inverse thing. I don't understand it. Maybe you felt like it was like lessening the real event maybe yeah that's what i'm gonna go with (laughs) because i watched it again i got teary-eyed so um and then uh okay so there was that uh also we had a good life dropped two episodes like matt and dub dropped both good episodes yeah yeah i listened to them both today and uh i i was really treading very carefully to not go over the ground they already did with conspiracy theory and it was so fucking tempting oh yeah because cody's way more knowledgeable than i am (laughs) about pizzagate but he has like the same opinion i do about people who fall into conspiracies so uh i was really trying not to go down that rabbit hole but uh super good episodes like check them both out uh and i think that's about it so um Anything else we got to hit really quick? Can I plug one more? Yes. One yes. More, two, actually, two more quick things. Your show again? Uh, yes. One of them is my show. Come on Friday to Jester's Bar to see Star Cocoon for Cinco de Mayo. It's going to be a rocking good time. And then uh, also, I, can I plug like a bigger podcast? Yes. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you haven't listened to last podcast on the left, I highly recommend I it. I haven't heard it. I have like 25 podcasts I've listened to. I haven't I, heard that one. You know, they're funny. I would say sometimes they're, especially in the earlier ones, they're a bit offensive, but they've matured. They have matured. They've figured it out. Um, it's all like supernatural, serial killers, oh, um, so aliens. Oh, it's so good. And they're, <laughs> and they're funny. So I, I recommend it. Yeah. Dub was uh, recommending S-Town. He was really into S-Town on one of those episodes he's talking about it. I don't know anything about it except for This American Life does it. You got any, any podcasts you want to plug, Brandon? No. All right. <laughs> well, I'll plug Real We Light. We just put up an episode. <laughs> we did The Wraith with uh, Charlie Sheen. And uh, I think that that's real good stuff. <laughs> I think people are really going to enjoy that. It is such a terrible movie. And it's I was so enjoying doing this terrible movie. This will last for another like two or three episodes, and then I'm going to get really mad every time we get a bad movie. <laughs> it's because I hadn't done the this. The lady luck is ran out. It kind of did when you hear what we landed on, but you'll get there. Yeah, I'll listen to it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I will say everybody out there, I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and uh, take it easy.
So Andrea, how do you feel about respecting the outro? Respect for the outro is key. <laughs> Put them on your laptop. Put them on your phone. Put them in your ears. Not safe for network. With the not safe for network, the entertainment's ringing through your brain. Collect them all or trade them with your friends. Not safe for network. Real roulette. Maybe you're a film student. I'm picturing you with a beret. We had a good life. Well, Strop, it's a bit of the gift and the curse. That's debatable. It'd be nice if they showed a little accountability. The Alien Movie Project. It's just another clear-cut case of American exceptionalism. Montucky Skies. I'm spoiling the shit out of this in three, two, one. Bigs on film. We're watching this on Netflix because I'm three beers in and lost the Blu-ray. Listen to all the archives in a row and they form a mega podcast so long that your significant other will be drawing up divorce papers. Not safe for network.